In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for coming out on such a cold day. And just we'll begin with a very quick word of thanks for the warmth and the hospitality and the love that uh, I have experienced in these past two days. The, the ties, uh, as I said yesterday, uh, between Charlottesville and Birmingham, between Christ Church and uh, the Advent are so mutually encouraging. They're encouraging for me to be in partnership with, uh, with the Advent and this proclamation of the gospel, proclamation of radical grace from God, the proclamation of the excellent news of God's love for us as sinners. So not only do I have uh, many personal wonderful friends here, but the, the partnership in the proclamation of the gospel is uh, profoundly important for us at Christ Church and for me personally. So nice to connect with many of you and reconnect and also meet some new friends as well. So when you're in Charlottesville, uh, come and see us at Christ Church downtown. The lectionary reading uh, for this upcoming Sunday, which is the first Sunday of Lent, of course, is Mark's account of Jesus's baptism in the Jordan River. So uh, we do lots of baptisms at Christ Church, lots of little children, and lots of baptisms here at the Advent as well. And of course, every baptism is a very special event. It's a wonderful event, meaningful event. Yet none so far that I've done have had the kind of audio-visual fanfare that accompanied Jesus' baptism. Because if uh, you'll remember in the, the scene, as Jesus is baptized by his cousin John in the River Jordan, uh, he comes up out of the water and then the heavens are torn apart and the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove and God the Father says, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Pretty dramatic, uh, obviously. However, uh, when you look at the Mark version versus the other versions, um, there is, in fact, no indication that anybody other than Jesus actually hears or sees anything. So one can imagine it is as if, though, God the Father, in the inaugural moment of Jesus's, his son's, Ministry. This is his first, you know, act on the job. It is as though God the Father is speaking intimately and directly to his son. It is as if he is preparing him for all that is to come. Mark, in the account, uses an interesting word about the heavens. So, in Luke and in Matthew... Uh, the text says that the heavens were opened, but Mark says the heavens were torn apart. The heavens were torn apart. The Greek word there is a form of the verb schizo for the tearing apart, as in schizophrenia, uh, as in schism, not the same word as the word for open. Torn apart is the word. And you think about the difference. You open a door, and then you close a door, and then the door looks exactly the same before or after you have opened it. 
But something that is torn apart, of course, is not so easily mended or put back together again. If you tear apart the fabric of a shirt, say, or you tear apart the glossy print of a photograph, well, you have ragged edges on either side. And the ragged edges never go back together neatly. They never fit back together as they were. The handle of my favorite coffee mug was uh, broken off in the dishwasher the other day. And it's, I use it every morning. And it's a sentimental uh, mug because it was given to me as a gift from my daughter, Glenn, when she was little and um, it was one that she you know got and painted and glazed it and gave it to me and so the mug broke off and I was distressed and the break of the of the handle was fairly clean so I got some Gorilla Glue and I put it back together but um, but there was a little piece still missing in the connection of the mug to the handle and so I was worried that in fact it would collapse again and then I would spill hot coffee all over my lap, but I wanted to take the risk uh, because, of course, I want the ragged edge to go back together again. I want things to fit back together again after they've been torn apart. Now you, in your life, have experienced or you are experiencing some kind of tearing apart. Some kind of tearing apart. Now, you'll notice this time of year, there are a lot of obituaries in the paper. There are a lot of deaths. We have lots of funerals happening at Christ Church now because it's cold and, um, and this is just a, a time when many people seem to die. And someone's absence through death, of course, tear the edges of family life apart in a way that they can never, in fact, go back together again. However, it doesn't take anything as dramatic or as traumatic as a death to tear apart your life, does it? When you think about it, even happy events like a child Graduating, or even a child going off to kindergarten for the first time, or, or someone getting married, or getting a job and, and moving away. Even happy events tend to tear apart lives uh, that are as they're currently lived. And in life, uh, there is always a kind of entropy at work always a tearing apart. There's always some kind of tearing apart that happens in our lives. I mean, mugs break. People leave. Life changes. Edges no longer fit together as they once did. In fact, two weeks after I glued the handle back on the mug, it broke with a full cup of coffee and it spilled all over the kitchen floor. So the good news of the tearing apart, the good news is that the torn open places aren't all bad news. 
The good news is the torn open places aren't all bad news. In fact, the torn open, torn apart place in the heavens at Jesus' baptism is the very place where God comes in. The torn apart place in the heavens is where the Spirit descended like a dove through the torn open place. The words that the Father spoke to His Son, You are my Son with whom I am well pleased, were spoken through the torn open place. So the fact that everything won't be the same again can, in fact, be a very good thing because God is in the torn apart place. That's where God is. Leonard Cohen sings about this in his song called Anthem. He sings, Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. God's light shines through the cracks that are in you and me. Yes, our lives are cracked. Yes, everything is cracked. And yes, that's how the light gets in. The film Wild uh, was just released at the end of last year, and you probably know there's a special Advent connection as Leslie McRae's son, Keen, has a, a, a big role in the film. And she, he plays uh, the brother of the main character, Cheryl Strayed. And the movie is based on this book by Cheryl Strayed, and it tells the story of when her life is torn apart, when her mother dies of cancer when her mother is only 45 years old and Strayed is in her early 20s. And at first when this happens, through the enormous crack in her life comes not light, but comes chaos and comes darkness. Uh, In order to numb her pain at her loss, she turns to sex She has random hookup after random hookup with just anyone, even though she's married to a faithful husband, very painful to to witness. She starts using heroin, uh, and she tells her counselor, who says that you're, 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 you're killing yourself with this, tells her counselor that sex and heroin are the only things that make her feel any better about the torn apart place in her life. But then Cheryl Strayed decides to do something else. She decides to hike the Pacific Coast Trail in order to to deal with her pain. She's an inexperienced hiker, uh, but despite that, she makes an 1,100 mile journey on the trail all by herself. Now, uh, it There's no um, positive mention of God in the book. There's no sort of, you know, 
positive mention of, of who God is. But um, despite that, the book and the movie are profound and they're not as self-helpy as one might expect. In fact, at the end of her hike, having delved so deeply into her grief, having lived in the torn open place, resided in the place rather than shunned it of her life, she asks the following. What if I forgave myself? What if I forgave myself even though I'd done something I shouldn't have? What if I was a liar and a cheat and there was no excuse for what I'd done other than because it was what I wanted and needed to do? What if I was sorry? But if I could go back in time, I wouldn't do anything differently than what I'd done. What if what made me do all those things everyone thought I should have done was what also had got me here? What if I was never redeemed, but what if I already was? Now, I suspect in reflecting on uh, her life that Cheryl Strayed may be underestimating the cost of the destructive response to the pain, the torn open place, on herself, on her marriage, on those around her. But I really think that she's on to something. Because God does use all things to work together for good. This is what St. Paul tells us in his eighth chapter of the book of Romans. God uses all things to work together for good. The bad, the sin, the hurt, everything. Everything. Nothing is left out. And what's more? The crack in all things. He uses all things, but the crack in all things. The torn apartness of all things is the doorway of his light. And she's also right, Cheryl Strait is, in asking her final question, what if I was already redeemed? Because the great hope and the great comfort and the excellent news of the gospel is that we are already redeemed. And we know this. We know this because there once was another tearing apart. And this tearing apart happened three years after the heavens were torn apart and Jesus came dripping up out of the baptismal waters hearing God the Father so clearly say, you are my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. But in this tearing apart, things were different. In this tearing apart, Jesus hung on a cross in His hands, in His feet, in His brow were torn apart by nails and by thorns. And the scripture tells us that as Jesus was crucified for you and for me, at that very moment of his death, the curtain of the temple was torn apart. This 
represented the barrier between heaven and earth, between God and humanity. And up till now, only the high priest, and even at his peril, could go behind the curtain, the veil, into the Holy of Holies, into God's presence. But when Jesus died, the Bible says, Behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook. And rocks split. But see, this time in the tearing part, there was no voice uh, from heaven. God was silent. Not even a whisper. Yet there was a voice, not from far off, but from close. Not from up, from, but from down. There was a centurion, sol- centurion soldier standing watch at the foot of the cross, keeping order, marking time, waiting to pronounce death. And as that curtain of the temple was torn apart and he saw Jesus had breathed at last, he said, truly, this man was God's son. The curtain of the temple is torn apart so that you and I right now can enter into the loving, healing, redeeming presence of God with our torn open places. And never again will that curtain close us out, fit together as it once did, keeping us out because it is through the crack in the curtain that God's light gets in. And it will never, ever, ever stop shining, no matter what in your life is torn apart. And that is because you are already redeemed. And now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you now and remain with you always. Amen.